happy day after generic federal holiday day or 15 days after Juneteenth day whichever one take your pick well Bill Cosby is free so I guess we gotta talk about that episode 9 uh yeah play the intro music Okay, so first and foremost, Bill Cosby is a rapist. All right, I'm I'm not Hannibal Burris. I can't spin that into a punchline that works, but also does justice to the gravity of that reality. You know, I don't have as much talent as he does, but by a, a slim margin, I'm just about there. Um, but that's aside from the point he's a rapist and a serial rapist at that and that disgusts me right but what disgusts me even more honestly is the fact that a lot of people um some of y'all might even be listening right now um are celebrating you know taking a victory lap as if you know this country finally decided that black lives actually do matter you know evidently not the lives of black sex abuse victims of high profile black celebrities you know that's what disgusts me listen before we go any further um bill dr huxtable okay whatever you want to call him was not exonerated all right he's still guilty you dig in the law and in, in the eyes of the law and more importantly of the streets man um, old boy is guilty. He's as guilty as Shaggy creeping with the girl next door, butt naked on the bathroom floor. You feel me? Um, cause long story short, this is what happened. So as part of his, uh, civil deposition, um, ghost dad, uh, revealed some of his secrets. Well, well, not even really secrets just more so inconvenient truths that you know a lot of us in the black community decided to just write off and ignore because you know claire rudy you know what i'm talking about oh you know and in ugly sweaters and cosby dances but anyway um so he told his truth and y'all know how much i hate that phrase his truth but he told it and the DA office decided that they were going to go ahead and use this uh, diabolical, dastardly, because uh, basically what he told, uh, it amounted to a confession, not to all of the charges, but to enough that they decided we're going to use this as evidence in the criminal trial. And any half-competent legal professional will tell you that you can't do that. So here we are and we're chanting free at last, free at last. The rapist, he is free at last right now. You understand what I'm saying? Because like I said before, this is all old news. You feel me? This is this has been going up. And, and this is something that happens in Hollywood all the time, right? Because Hollywood is Hollywood. It's basically Sodom, you dig? But I think another big reason why 
um, you know, people are making such a big deal about it because, you know, we weren't comfortable. We didn't want to think about, you know, the voice of Fat Albert uh, running around and slipping roofies into some 70s disco chicks martini and going, hey, 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 right up of her skirt uh, while she's passed out. You know, we didn't want to think about that. Um, so we just rolled it off as, you know, baseless accusations, even though it was 60 different women over the course of like 30 years have all come forward and pretty much told the same song and dance. You understand? There's got to be some fire to that smoke if you're paying any kind of attention. But, you know, we do this. Like, a, like I said, we wrote it off and we write off all of these stories depending upon who it is. Y'all remember how Kobe's legal team slut shamed that one little white girl into settling her case out of court, right? Uh, of course you don't because Kobe dropped 81 points in a throwaway regular season game that one time. So, you know. Obviously, you know, that wasn't as important as this, you know, historic event in basketball lore, right? Or how about this? Y'all remember that time when Chris Brown used Rihanna's face like a speed bag when they were on their way to the Grammys? You know, of course you don't. And evidently, Rihanna doesn't remember that either. Neither did any of the half dozen or so women who decided to go home with Chris anyway and wound up filing assault charges against him themselves, you know. Or how about this one? Y'all remember when R. Kelly literally made a song with Aaliyah about statutory rape? Y'all remember that? You know. Or are we just too busy playing his Stevie Wonder light jams at every cookout and family reunion? Now, I'm going to say this because I am an equal opportunity offender. You dig? How about this? How about when Cardi B went on record and said that when she used to strip, you know, do the rodeo show for a living, that um, she used to trick men, go back to their cribs and drug them and then rob them blind? You know, did y'all forget about that? Hollywood didn't. They made a whole movie about it and called it empowerment. Now, that's called assault. You feel me? But again, my, my point is that they weren't ever going to cancel Cardi because, you know, what kind of world would we live in if we didn't have an endless stream of whack parodies and freestyles? And, and here's another thing is that this whole week we've been sitting up here and we've been in the same week in which, you know, we celebrated. And rightfully so, this unapologetically black girl, you know, gay girl with her, you know, bright orange lace front wig and long nails and eyelashes channeling the spirit of Flojo, you know. And not only did she qualify for the Olympics, but she burnt the competition. You know, we celebrated her, right? The same week that we uh celebrated um Simone Manuel, you know, for um qualifying for the Olympic swim team, right? 
Um, and y'all have seen that meme. I've shared it myself about how, you know, we celebrate this because, you know, they drained the pool that one time when Dorothy Dandridge stuck her toe in it, you know, or, or how about this? When we celebrated, um, the young girl, uh, a Ting Mo, uh, from my hometown, no less, uh, one of the only good things to come out of Trenton uh, in like the past 20, 30 years. Um, and she uh, broke the record for the 800 meters. You know, we're celebrating these young or how about Allison Felix? You know, they told her that she would never make the team again because, you know, she got pregnant, um, had a C-section, wound up making the team at the age of 35. All of these, you know, women celebrating their accomplishment while at the same time celebrating the release of somebody that would probably slip a roofie into their pudding pops if given a chance you know whether you realize it or not what you are telling these young women these girls um and more importantly uh the girls that um are not these women is that you know your bodies matter so far as what you're able to accomplish with them. You understand what I'm saying? Outside of that, you know, it's free reign for Chris Brown to practice his rock bottom on it. You dig what I'm saying? That's what you're saying when you, you know, disregard all of this stuff that we know is a fact about these powerful people. And listen, I get it. I get it. Bill got a raw deal. This was at the height of the Me Too movement. They were looking for somebody to make an example of. And surprise, surprise, they chose the black man. Not Harvey Weinstein. Not, you know, Ben Affleck's little brother. Not, you know, uh, any of these other ones. Roman Polanski, who's over there, you know, cavorting in... Uh, Europe somewhere or whatever, but they chose the black guy. I get it. I understand why people feel like he got a raw deal, but that doesn't change the fact that he did it. You feel me? And, he and here's another thing that I don't understand. Why is it that black people are always in such a rush to, you know, run to the rescue of somebody, you know, to leap over a building in a single bound to rescue somebody who don't, e who, who, who don't even like them. You understand what I'm saying? To rescue somebody who, when given the chance, you dig, will shoot up the middle finger at them and cackle in their face about it. You know, I'm speaking right now specifically of South Carolina and Uncle Joe Biden. But I'm also speaking of, you know, uh, Dr. Cliff Huxtable. Because remember all that stuff he said about black folks? Remember how he said that we need to be more like the Muslims because, you know, we don't protect our women and we don't beat our kids enough? You know, remember when he said that, you know, black women are bad mothers for this thing and that thing and the third thing or whatever? All of those other, you know, grumpy old black man takes of his, you know, basically how black America's condition is its own fault and not a result of institutionalized white supremacy, you know? And that's the thing. That's not uncommon. Um, for whatever reason, it's not uncommon among powerful black men, 
you know, that get so rich and so powerful that they forget um, that they are, in the words of the prophet Kanye of West, just a nigga in a coop. You dig what I'm saying? And if this whole fiasco hasn't taught, you know, Mr. Pudding Pops himself that, I don't know what will. I'm not going to cap with y'all. I don't have, this is part of the reason why I don't have any sympathy for Cliff. I don't have any sympathy for Bill. Does it detract from his contributions to the culture or his contributions to entertainment and to education and to all of the wonderful things that he's done? No, it doesn't detract from any of his work, but from his legacy, most definitely it does. You know, from, you know, his... Uh, 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 humanity, it most definitely does. And that's the thing that I think we have to rectify in our minds is all of the good that he's done with this obviously very, very bad and detestable stuff that, again, he's been convicted of. He's been proven to have done this. And what this made me think about, and because... I wasn't even, I was going to do this episode on, I'll probably do it uh, next week. It was on something else. Um, but I wanted to talk about this because it made me think about this very troubling uh, news or not necessarily news, but uh, whatever. Um, so I, I've watched this series on YouTube. I don't watch a whole lot of YouTube series, but um, I watched this one called Biographics. And um, they finally did a video on somebody who I was anticipating for uh, pretty much since I started watching it, maybe like two years ago. Um, and that's Martin Luther King. And... Um, in the video, really what it did was it highlighted a lot of the struggles, a lot of the, you know, uh, hardships that, you know, the, the less glamour, you know, everybody wants to have a legacy like Dr. King, but don't nobody want to go through what he had to go through. And that's really what the video, and it, it wasn't what I was expecting, but, you know, it was surprisingly, ref it was a surprisingly refreshing take to, you know, highlight that, you know, this man uh suffered you dig what i'm saying for the sake of you know uh what he thought was right and it just re-emphasized the point to me that you know um if that's the example that i'm trying to follow which spoiler alert it is um that i gotta be willing to suffer for it y'all dig what i'm saying um and I ain't and I ain't mean to get all you know deep and philosophical and introspective, right there. Um, but this leads me into into the point because I you know pretty much since I was in like college, you know people like Dr. King and James Cone and Gustavo Gutierrez and Ralph Abernathy and Adam Clayton Powell, all of these different ones. Um, convinced me that um, the gospel was the basis of their uh, their social ideology. The idea that you know 
um, we ought to pursue justice in the name of Christ. You dig what I'm saying? And that's really what kind of drew me back into because, I mean, I, I, was, I, I, I was going to church, but I was really only going to church so I could, you know, play the guitar. I, was on, I, I wasn't really, you know, I, I, I was, you know, wilding back then. But anyway, um, and Dr. King was a big influence on on that because part of the reason why i had become a uh, disillusion with church was because you know um for the same reason that a lot of the kids in this in the 60s and the 70s got disillusioned with with the church and y'all can read my book capitalist theology to find out more about that but anyway i'm wasting time here um one portion of the video was really troubling to me um because and first of all let me say this um, the fact that Dr. King was um, was an adulterer, that's that's pretty common knowledge. Right. I don't I don't consider myself by any stretch of the imagination to be, you know, a King scholar or a King historian. But it, it's pretty common knowledge at this point. Right. You know, Ralph Abernathy talked about it. You know, um, a couple of different women have, you know, come for I think one one woman wrote a book about it. Um I think he might have even uh, had an illegitimate child. I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, we knew this. Matter of fact, I even read, um, you know, a piece or two about how, you know, um, the reason why he, you know, was philandering was because, you know, he, he never really wanted to marry Coretta in the first place and blah, 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 blah. And this was his way of getting around it. That's not an excuse. First of all, I don't know if that's true. Second of all, if it is true, it's not an excuse. But the point is that we knew this. We knew this, and this was something that when I found out about it, you know, it, it kind of changed. Basically, what it said to me was, all right, this this guy is human, right? <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? He's not, you know, um, some civil rights angel sent down from on high. You know, he does have flaws. Come to find out, uh, back in 2019, um a bunch of, you know, just a, a, a an info dump of, you know, newly declassified notes from all of those illegal wiretaps that J. Edgar had put on um, Dr. King because, you know, during this time period, J. Edgar had a hard-on for, you know, everybody who wasn't white and conservative. So, you know, Dr. King was like public enemy number one back then. Um, so the notes from those illegal wiretaps um, have finally been declassified, right? And one of the things they talk about is the extent to Dr. King's um, infidelity. And when I tell you this man was a hoe, listen, I mean, he had... Because I thought it was like maybe one, two, maybe three at the most, you know, spread out. You dig what I'm saying? But it was, but you know, this man had white holes, black holes, you know, activist holes, church holes, um, you know, whole holes, like real sex working holes. You dig? And, and he, basically, he was Nate Dogging before Nate Dog was a dog. You know, he had holes in literally every area code in the country. Um, but even that, well, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, it, it, it puts a bad taste in your mouth, but it's not one of those things that makes you say 
this man is, you know, the scum of the earth. What bothered me the most was um, a note that said that uh, Dr. King um, probably um, was present and complicit in a rape. Um, and according to these FBI notes that, um, he quote, gave advice, unquote, during the rape, um, that disturbs me. That disturbs me beyond any other thing that's it. Now I will say this, that anything that has to do, anything that comes from the feds, especially from this time period, you got to take with at least one or two grains of salt but i will say that like 8.75 times out of 10 you know when declassified notes like that when notes like this become declassified they're pretty much spot on with uh the thing that the note has been taken on uh so i would say that the smart money is on the idea that this did happen. But again, we won't know beyond the shadow of a doubt until like 2027 when all of those illegal wiretaps become available for the public to listen to for themselves. Um, and I'm going to tell y'all, I sat there as somebody who I said already that, you know, in my personal code of ethics um, is built a lot around the things and the qualities that Dr. King represented to find out that he was probably, even if he didn't perform the rape himself, the, the idea that he was in the room, you dig while it happened, not only didn't do anything to stop it because, you know, we talking about Martin Luther King here. You feel what I'm saying? If, if, if he wanted to make it stop, he could have made it stop. That Again, this is if it, in fact, happened. But, you know, that he, you know, cheered it on. That's something. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I sat there and there was a part of me that, I, I mean, I already hate J. Edgar. Um, but there was a part of me that hated J. Edgar even more for, you know, commissioning those wiretaps because there was a part of me that was saying you know i wish i didn't know this you dig what i'm saying i wish i didn't know this ugly inconvenient truth about you know one of my heroes you feel what i'm saying i wish that those wiretaps didn't exist not that I didn't wish that. Obviously, I wish that the event never took place if it did take place. But in my mind, I was saying I wish that there was no record of it having taken place so that I wouldn't be burdened with the responsibility of knowing what I know now about one of my heroes. You understand what I'm saying? And I think that's the issue that a lot of people are having right now rectifying in their mind because again dr cosby is somebody whose impact not just on the black community but on popular culture you understand what i'm saying is so broad and is so great you understand what i'm saying I'm, i know that y'all heard the story of how you know eddie murphy said you know he got a call from bill cosby about how you know 
uh, Bill Cosby didn't like all of the F-bombs and the, the gay jokes that he was making in his stand-up or whatever and told him to clean it up. So Eddie Murphy called Richard Pryor, <laughs> and Richard Pryor said, well, are, are the folk laughing? And Eddie said, yeah. And Richard Pryor said, you getting paid? And Eddie said, yeah. And then Richard Pryor said, all right, then. What's the problem then? You call Bill and tell Bill that I said, you know, to have a have a coke and smile. <laughs> you jello pudding pop mother effer. <laughs> and when I when I read that, I I I died laughing because that's that's the Richard Pryor we all know and love, right? But anyway, um, my point being this is that I think a lot of people are having an issue rectifying this in their mind, and this kind of harkens back to that old saying that says, "Never meet your heroes." Right. Because, you know, we put people up on this pedestal and then when they do something or say something that, you know, uh, bucks the narrative, bucks their public image. Now we have the responsibility to rectify all of this good stuff that they did, you know, with this bad stuff over here. We can't just completely ignore one in favor of the other. For the sake of, you know, telling our own narrative. That's that's irresponsible, right? And you know what else I think is irresponsible? Is this idea that... And I'll say this. It's not an exclusively black idea. But it is one that I think is especially pervasive in our community. But it's not exclusive. Not by a long shot. But this idea that... You know, we not only excuse, but we have to protect people who, you know, don't deserve our protection. They don't deserve our protection because, you know, they um, uh, 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 were a predator to somebody else. You feel what I'm saying? Um, but because they wrote a song that we like, you feel me? Or because they uh, can shoot a basketball. Or because, you know, they had a role in our favorite movie that we got to protect them from, you know, uh, the consequences of their action. Matter of fact, matter of fact, not even that, because I can't when I sit here and I think about all of the people who, you know, I know friends, family, whatever, who are sex abuse survivors. You dig what I'm saying? Who who have let it be known that they're sex abuse survivors. You dig what I'm saying? And, you know, we will uh, 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 diminish their story because that's what you're doing. That that's that. And this is what gets under my skin, because, you know, and this isn't to diminish the story of those 60 women you know, who came out against Dr. Cosby. This isn't, but I don't know them. I don't know. I, I, I know of them. I know their names. You feel me? But I don't know them. I'm talking about people who I know personally. You are saying to those people, and I'm pretty sure that we all have people in our family. Because you, I know you've heard the stories. If you haven't heard the story, you probably lived through it yourself. You know, um, you went and you told Big Mama that, you know, um, well, 
your friend Jerry, you know, because everybody's big mama has a, a friend named Jerry, right? A, a friend named Jerry that just so happens to also sleep in the same room as big mama. But, you know, your friend Jerry, um, you know, he uh, he tried to kiss me on the lips or, you know, um, he showed me his, his dingling. You feel me? Or, you know, he 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 touched my um my no no parts or whatever. And then uh Big Mama's response is, Oh well, you know, your little fast tail shouldn't have been running around with, you know, um them booty shorts on, you know, or that spaghetti strap uh top or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We've all heard that before, right? It, now, it's not Jerry, the 40, 50, 60-year-old grown man or whatever who made, who knows better, who made up in his mind that instead of, you know, uh, going over there and messing with Big Mama, you know, who's walking around the house with no bra on, begging Jerry to do something with her. No, I'm going to go mess with this, you know, this little 7, 8, 9, 10-year-old girl over here instead. You dig what I'm saying? No, it's not his fault. You know, but it's the little girl's fault who don't even know the proper names uh, for her genitals yet. It's her fault because she's fast. You dig what I'm saying? Because she's fresh. Because she's this, that, and the third. That's irresponsible, in my opinion. You understand what I'm saying? And again, what it does is it diminishes the voices. You know, we want people to come forward with, you know, their stories. We want people to come forward. But we want people... We want people to come forward after the fact to tell us about how they healed. You understand what I'm saying? How they got over it, how they were able to, you know, still uh, live a productive, still able to live, you know, a fulfilled life and whatever, you know, in spite of this baggage that they're carrying. We want people to tell us the story about how God, you know, got them over the hump. But what we don't want to hear is them tell us about how it's happening right now you understand what i'm saying i i i'm i'm doing a lot of you know reading and whatnot on you know uh womanhood in the church and it's this common theme that seems to get repeated over and over and over and over again about you know forgiveness without uh repercussion you dig what I'm saying? Forgiveness without justice. You understand what I'm saying? These stories of these pastors, you know, who get up and they're celebrated as heroes. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, what courage, what bravery, what boldness that he has to stand up here and to talk about, you know, and to admit to, you know, his sexual infidelity, to admit to, you know, um, his um, uh, uh, his sexual impropriety. You feel what I'm saying? But nothing about the victim you understand what i'm saying no old pastor jimmy over here is allowed to carry on as if nothing ever happened you understand what i'm saying what does that say for you know the little girl or the little boy you understand what i'm saying who he was sitting over here playing hide the sausage with you understand what i'm saying what what does that say to them and then we wonder why people uh keep their mouth shut you dig what I'm saying? Listen, I'm gonna tell y'all. I've all I've always been the dude. This, this, this has always been this, and this is why I've always kind of been a buzz Killington. That I've always been the dude that's been like, bruh, I'm gonna tell you like this. 
she's drunk. We all see that she's drunk. We all see that she. If y'all, if y'all, if y'all leave out together, you understand? Ain't no bro code going on. Bro code is this: is me telling you to leave her alone. You can get her number if you want to. You dig? But wait for her to sober up. You feel me? Call her, text her in the morning or whatever. But you don't want to do that right now. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm not going to protect you because you know full well what you're doing. You understand what I'm saying? You know that she ain't in uh, a condition to make a good decision. You know what I'm saying? No matter how much y'all was dancing, bumping and grinding and uh, duddy whining all throughout the night and whatever. You understand what I'm saying? Basically dry humping on the uh, on, on the dance floor. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much dry humping on the uh, the living room couch. Don't matter. You feel me? You see that she can't, you know, uh, uh, she, she has no clue of what's going on right now. And if you take advantage of that, then that just speaks to what kind of dude you really are. And quite frankly, we don't need to be uh, chilling together then. That's just me personally. My point with all of this... So I'm gonna do is I'm a you know I'm gonna go back to two things right I'm a the the first thing I'm gonna go back to is a couple of weeks ago I was going to use um this stat for the uh, the mental health episode but you know we were running out of time and you know when I say give me two more minutes what I don't mean is two more hours I mean thirty seconds but anyway um so the stat I was going to use said that um among black people and white people um incidents of sexual abuse happen at um a, a comparable rate you dig what i'm saying and you know we already know that uh incidents of rape molestation all that kinds of stuff assault it doesn't get report it nearly as much as it happens right because you know that that's just the the cultures the society the society that we live in is one of you know uh, a victim blaming but anyway um even though it happens at the same rate among blacks and whites black people don't report incidents of sexual abuse um at the same rate as white people and going back to that you know that example i used the big mama you know that carries over into adulthood because then it becomes oh well you know uh you were asking for it right you feel me you sh you you shouldn't have been wearing that you know you shouldn't have you know uh got drunk you shouldn't have and it's funny it's for the irony of that is that you know we'll sit here and we'll talk about how oh well take for example george floyd you feel what I'm saying? Say, oh, well, you know, um, even if he did commit a crime, you dig what I'm saying? He was, uh, 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 you know, supposed to get due process, which he was. You dig what I'm saying? Um, an arrest is not grounds for That's not an excuse for, you know, taking that man's life. It's, oh, well, we suspected him of committing a crime, right? You dig what I'm saying? And which, right on. You dig what I'm saying? But... At the same time, we'll say, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't have went out and got so drunk to the point that, you know, 
you were unable to make a good decision or, you know, you shouldn't have. Basically, it's your fault that somebody else decided to, you know, uh, stick their unsolicited penis into one of your orifices, right? Or to place their hand somewhere where you ain't want it. And let, let's be real about it. Cause, and I've, I could sit here and tell y'all stories. Well, not all day, but I do know of times where, you know, I know of young boys, teenagers, 14, 15, 16 years old, they ain't aware of it at the time, but you know, they messing around with grown women in their 20s, in their 30s even, and they thinking that that's something, and you know, my stupid self being, you know, young, thinking that that's something that, you know, uh, to to congratulate them for. There ain't nothing to congratulate. Now they all grown and all messed up in the head because, you know, some nasty, dirty, you know, uh, shysty female decided that she wanted to fool around with a little, you know, 14, 15, 16-year-old boy. You dig what I'm saying? So, you know... And this and then going going to to my next point, you know, um, back to Dr. King. Um, Again, a lot of this stuff can't be. Well, like I said, we can't confirm it beyond a shadow of a doubt until, you know, six years from now. Um, But here's the thing is that when those tapes are released and if it comes out that these FBI notes are 100% accurate concerning, you know, what went down. You understand what I'm saying? Um, what we got to understand, man, and this reminds me of something that uh, I had a coworker, right? And she had a daughter at the time, her daughter was getting ready to go off to college. I think she, or she was like 16, 17, 18, something like that. Um, and, you know, and, and at the time I wasn't that much older than her daughter. I was in my, my early twenties. I was like, uh, 21, 22 years old. And, um, she said, you know, yeah, I told my daughter, um, that if you meet a dude and y'all get serious, honestly, I wouldn't mind y'all living together. You understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't mind y'all living together because you don't know a person until you've lived with them. Y'all feel what I'm saying? So that's my thing is that we and this is I think we would be best to stop assuming anything about somebody, you know, just based on what we see on TV or what we hear on the radio or, you know, um, the reputation that they have. We don't know people. You dig what I'm saying? We don't. Matter of fact, we don't even know our neighbors. You dig what I'm saying? we barely know the people who we live with you did because even in the home you can find ways to keep secrets you how do people you know uh keep their affairs you know under wraps for you know uh some people for years at a time you dig what i'm saying so we don't even a lot of times know the people in our own homes and what they're up to and what's going on in their heads you dig what i'm saying so and that's the thing is that we want to think of Bill Cosby as America's dad, right? That's the thing. And nobody wants to think, you know, of that America's dad is capable of such atrocities. But as I said earlier, you know, Bill has made it known that I ain't your pappy. You know, I ain't your daddy. 
you know, and I ain't having it. I don't like y'all. You understand what I'm saying? So that's one reason why I don't feel like we should be protecting him, you know, and going out of our way to ignore the evidence that's in front of our face. But also because of the fact that it's not just to the people because I see people say, oh, well, you know, and this is the sorriest, goofiest, lamest um, defense that I have seen, and really it's older people that have made these defenses. Oh, well, you know, the statute of limitations, you did. If if, if it was legit, they should have came out, you know, years ago and said this. Why do they wait 20, 30, 40 years or whatever? You understand what I'm saying? Well, why do you think people wait 20, 30 years to come out as being gay? You understand what I'm saying? Why do you think people be keeping family secrets, you know, for generations? You understand what I'm saying? Because of the fallout. You dig what I'm saying? Because nobody is going to believe them. You dig? Especially not, you know, uh, Bill Cosby. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Nobody was going to believe that about him except for the people that were in the know. So, yeah, I could see that. And just because, and matter of fact, when you think about the fact that there's nothing really for you to gain, you understand what I'm saying? Because the statute of limitations is up. Doesn't that give more credence to, you know, the accusations that they're making? You understand what I'm saying? As opposed to now, understand something. Understand this. I'm not sitting here and saying that there aren't some unscrupulous people out. Listen, I've I've had people say stuff about me. You did now I've never been accused of rape, you know, or anything like that, or anything that serious. You know, but I have had people, you know, who have said stuff. You dig? And then somebody came to me and said, yeah, well, you know, um, so-and-so and saying X, Y, and Z. So I know what it's like, you dig, to have your character um, unjustly um, be smirched. You feel me? Because somebody got their feelings hurt or because, you know, somebody didn't like that, you know, you was um, uh, talking to somebody else now so they decided to start a rumor or whatever or you know at, at least not in my case but in some people's case because they wanted to get their light bill paid you feel me so i i get it i understand it happens but you know we can't assume that that's always the case and i feel like that's what is that our is that we automatically we're we're conditioned you know to uh to protect predators, which is crazy to me. We're conditioned to even victims are programmed to protect their predators a lot of times. And that's something about our culture. I think we need to, you know, address. We need to just, that's something about our culture that we just need to end really like full stop, just be done with it. You understand what I'm saying? Because, there's people out here that are hurting people out here. You know that this is their story. You dig? And we can't sit. It's hypocritical to me to sit up here, you know, and to, you know, um, talk about how brave somebody is, how, you know, courageous they are for sharing their story after the fact, you know, while at the same time perpetuating a culture that, you know, um, scares them from sharing their story during the fact you understand what i'm saying to stop any harm any more harm any more damage being done to them 
Y'all understand what I'm saying? And and, and I'm I'm a, I'm a wrap up on this point. One of the one of the 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 the, the, the recurring things that I have seen with people who have been abused sexually is that at some point in some way, shape or form, you know, they become detached from their body. You understand what I'm saying? Whether it, whether they repress their sexuality or whether they become hypersexual, you dig what I'm saying? It, it never fails. It, it never fails, man. You dig what I'm saying? And then we point the finger at them and talk about, you know, oh, well, he's a hoe, she's a hoe, you know, they this, that, and the third thing, or, you know, she's a prude or whatever and all this kind of thing. But we create a culture that facilitates that happening. You understand what I'm saying? So that's all I got to say about that. Um, And I will never have another Jello pudding pop in my life. So... You know what I'm talking about. Well, since you've managed to sit here and allow me to waste 45 minutes of your time, why don't you go ahead and favorite this podcast here so that you can be notified of when we publish new episodes, which is every Tuesday, by the way. Also, you can go ahead and give me a follow on social media, on Facebook and on Twitter at Our Own Wells. And by the way, if you haven't already, go ahead and purchase my book, Capitalist Theology. It's available on Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle format well with all that being said will bethaya our own wells y'all be excellent to one another deuces